You're listening to the OKC82 Podcast with Brady Trantham and Madison Morris. The best place for OKC Thunder basketball. A part of 1077 The Franchise Podcast Network. What's up everybody? It's Madison Morris with my trusty partner Brady Trantham via phone call after an entertaining game in Sacramento as the Kings defeat the Thunder 117-113, snapping the Thunder's three-game winning streak. The Thunder down 19 at one point were able to find the lead for the first time tonight late in the third quarter, and the game was pretty back and forth from there on out. A lot of good defense on both ends, some good shots put up, but the Thunder were unable to stop the Kings' hot streak of threes there towards the end, and even with Russell Westbrook back in the lineup tonight, the Thunder will take this loss as they prepare for Wednesday night's game. So, Brady... Talk to us about the Sacramento team and what has set them up for having the best start to a season in four years at eight and eight. Well, now nine, nine and eight, and taking two wins over the Thunder this these this season. Well, just like just like the first game a month ago or so, when Russell Westbrook actually made his debut on the regular season. Uh, just like that game a month ago, I wrote down in my notes when we were at the game at Chesapeake Energy Arena that Amon Shumpert is the greatest basketball player to ever play basketball. <laughs> and in the first half, he looked exactly like that. I mean, he had 23 points. To the Thunder's credit, they, um, Shumpert didn't score another ba- um, bucket in the second half, so they at least shut him down. But Shumpert getting off to a hot start, the Kings just you know, we, we know the Thunder are a fast team, and we know that they want to get out on the fast break and play up to their strengths, which is due to their athleticism. But the Kings looked faster, and the Kings go like starting so quickly and hitting a lot of shots. It for like it, Russell Westbrook and the Thunder took the bait and played out of control. And you know, like I said, the Kings just hit shots. They scored thirty seven points in the first quarter. Um, they were 45% from the three-point line, I think, all the way up until the last few minutes of the first half. Uh, I mean, the Kings are able to do this. They're, they're extremely young. They're extremely athletic. They're extremely fast. And their young core that they've had for the last year or two are, are starting to become a little bit more confident and understand how to utilize their strengths. And, I mean, Buddy Heald, you know, everybody's favorite, one of everybody's favorite Sooners in the NBA, uh, leads the Kings with 25 points, hits a lot of big buckets down the, um, down the stretch. So, you know, it's, you can, you can see this coming the way the game started, of course, <laughs> um, 37 points in the opening quarter is never a good thing, but, um, it, it's funny, you know, the Kings give the Thunder fits and it's a lot of that is because the Kings do a lot of the same things that the Thunder want to do. But tonight just seemed like they were just a step faster. Right, yeah. And Buddy Hield, man, he was living in that. What was that? All of those were in the fourth quarter, right, where he was just establishing residency at the three-point line. He was just knocking them down left and right. I really felt like that was kind of Sacramento's game plan tonight because they were just firing off the threes. They were able to finish 16 of 38 from the three-point line, shooting 42.1%, compared to the Thunder's 12 of 41 from three. And they were at a 29.3%. It just really wasn't working for them tonight at the three-point line. And, you know, I was a little surprised that it was working so well for the Kings at the three-point. That's just where they found a lot of comfort. That's where they were able to get their shots. And why? Like, why is that? And that just seems like something that was so comfortable for them. And it was really working for them when it needed to work the most. I mean, yeah, exactly. Uh 
you know, I, I went on like a little Twitter thread, Twitter, Twitter thread rants um, at halftime. And it's just something I've noticed. And the sample size is extremely small. And, you know, it, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to understand that Russell Westbrook is not a good three-point shooter. He should not be taking a lot of threes. Right. <laughs> but it's, but just in this short sample size, I kind of like, I'm going to try and remember this from the top from the top of my head, unless I can just find it on Twitter real quick. But um, yeah, I'm not going to be able to find it in the mentions. The mentions are already burning to the ground. But <laughs> you know, in the six, in the let's see, one. I actually have it written down, so this is great podcasting. One, two, three, four, five. In the five wins the Thunder have with Russell Westbrook playing, he shot he shot no more than three three-pointers. Uh, there were two games he shot three three-pointers. One game he didn't shoot any. One he shot one, and the other he shot two. In the two losses uh, prior to tonight, Russell Westbrook um, shot 0, 0 for 5 and 1 for 6. This is a problem with the yeah. Thunder when the opponent is able to get out to a fast start or if they get hot at some point during the game one of those games was that boston game where they got incredibly hot in the third quarter when the thunder allow their opponents to get hot instead of just settling down and running their offense and trying to get baskets within the flow of their offense we've seen time and time again russell westbrook just launching threes and it just destroys momentum for the thunder and it destroys possessions and in the game where you know every possession counts and you lose games by you know single digits you look back and you see Russell Westbrook shoots what, what did he shoot tonight he was I know he was one of five at one point I don't know if he took another three after that though so he ended four of ten from the three-point line I mean four of ten Paul George kind of the same kind of the same stat line just four of fourteen yeah I mean you can expect that from Paul George of course but Russell Westbrook I mean that that's that's a problem and it's one of the few problems the Thunder offense has, which is saying something considering we all know that they're not a good shooting team. And in, tw- and in 2018 NBA, that's, that, should be, that should be enough to keep you from even reaching the playoffs. But the Thunder are such a talented team and such a great defensive team overall that they are able to overcome that. One thing they can control, and it's going to come down to Russell, when, when these runs happen, just settle down and don't chuck up a bunch of bad three-point shots. If, right. if you take away three, or, if you take away three or four of those three-point shots, and and you turn them into maybe giving it to Stephen Adams or trying to find Paul George off of a screen, you know you might you might add three or four or five points to your total, and that could have made the difference tonight against Sacramento. But you know this is just something that we've seen over the years, and it's been kind of a it's a, like like I said, it's it's a recurring theme with Russell Westbrook and the Thunder, but a lot of that has just been the result of. It's Russell Westbrook's team, and there's nothing else. You know, after Kevin Durant leaves, it's the Russell Westbrook show, and the second year is with Paul George and Carmelo Anthony, and there's all that kind of who gets what shot, who gets this many shots, X, Y, Z, all that, all that nonsense. And now it's you're starting to fine tune things, and these are one of the things that you can try and fix. And again, it's, I'm not trying to slight Russell Westbrook. I'm not trying to say he lost the thunder of the game tonight, but. You know, as the season progresses, this is definitely something that they can work on. And if they can improve this, if Russell can improve this, improve his uh, um, his uh, efficiency in that way, then the Thunder are going to win these type of games. And these type of games will matter once you know you get deeper into the season and uh, seeding becomes more important. Yeah, in Saturday night's podcast, I'm kind of laughing now looking at this, but in Saturday night's podcast, I was talking about how. It's pretty incredible when you have a player that finishes in double digits, has 
uh, a lot of assists on the board like Dennis Schroeder usually does. And they say that he has a quiet night, even though he racked up a lot. You know, tonight really was a quiet night for Dennis Schroeder. He went 0 of 6 from the three-point line. He was 3 of 17 from the field, finishes with six points. He had five assists, five rebounds. But, yeah, you know, this was just really not – and I don't want to say it's it wasn't Dennis Schroeder's night because it really wasn't a lot of the guys' nights for sure, but – you know, it really wasn't Dennis's night. It really wasn't Jeremy's night. He had some really good defensive stops for sure, but he finishes with eight points. He doesn't take a single three-point. He was three of nine from the field, and he had to be taken to the locker room there at the end with a little right ankle tweak. So, you know, these guys are they are kind of dropping like flies right now with Nerland's out with sickness, Alex out with sickness, and it's just, it's not looking great right now, but I mean, maybe it's just that time of the year where the Thunder are going to have to go through a couple of uh, rough spots, and I think this game was a little bit of it, even though it was a pretty good game overall, I would say. Really quick, per the Thunder, and I, I, knew, I knew we were going to get to him, but just in case I forget this, uh, the Thunder just tweeted out that Hamadou Diallo becomes the first Thunder rookie to finish a game shooting a perfect 7-7. Seven So after a pretty forgettable performance as um, in his first start against Phoenix, Hamadou Diallo really, I mean, Diallo played a big part in getting the center back into the game with on both sides of the floor, getting um, breakaway dunks and hitting some some very timely corner three. So a great game for the, uh, for the rookie that everybody's excited about. Right. He finished with one point on Saturday. Comes out with 18 points, 7 of 7, like you said, Brady. 2 of 2 from the three-point line and 2 of 2 from the f- or from the free-throw line. Pretty uh, 100% night for Hami. I would say that is 100%. My math is not exact right now. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm going yeah, to go ahead and say that's 100%. Played 22 minutes, had two steals. I love both of those steals that he had because I was watching him and both of them were kind of like a drive to the basket and I was – Halfway expecting him trying to pull something real fancy like that failed windmill dunk the other night where he was getting a little bit of grief, but he uh, he did a nice and easy layup at one and just and just a nice little uh, two-handed dunk on the other. So he's playing a little safe. He, he also outran De'Aaron Fox, who you know we all know to be incredibly fast, mm-hmm. and you know just just in these sixteen games, like you and I, and I know a lot of other people that cover the Thunder have asked the question, who's faster with the ball in the hand, Russell Westbrook or Hamadou Diallo? Because there have been times where Diallo has been step-for-step step with Russell. It's kind of it's kind of freaky to see. Yeah. <laughs> we've, just been so, we've just been so used to saying, like, oh, the fastest guy in the NBA is either Russell Westbrook with the ball or John Wall. And, you know, De'Aaron Fox being a rookie last year, everybody knows that his game is predicated on speed. So mm-hmm. that was... That was kind of an eye-opener. Yeah, no, for sure. It was kind of nice and refreshing to see Hami step up like this, and I think he was really feeling it tonight. Brady, let's talk about someone else who was feeling it tonight. A uh, little TLC down on the floor. Played 24 minutes, picked up 11 points, was 5 of 8 from the field, 1 of 3 from the three-point line, missed his only free-throw attempt, but Tim was kind of feeling it tonight. You know, he was having some some good looks and started off pretty strong getting some early minutes and I really think that's ensuring a lot of confidence in the guy right now yeah you know like we said the other night after the Phoenix win uh TLC is not shy and he is no um, he sh- in his you know short career in the NBA he has shown a capability of putting the ball through the basket the guy is a talented shooter the guy is a top talented offensive player 
it's just always going to come down to if he's going to be consistent enough on the defensive end. And, you know, I tried to pay attention to him for a few possessions, and his defense was it was okay. You know, there's nothing really to write home about. Mm-hmm. But then again, the Thunder are kind of, sh- like you said towards the beginning, that the Thunder are shorthanded with injuries and illnesses. It seems like everybody on the team is getting sick, which is kind of odd. That is Hopefully weird. they didn't get sick from me. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, like that's kind of the big, like I tweeted this out also during the game, um, this is the, one of the bigger differences between last year's Thunder team and this year's Thunder team. You can go deep down the uh, ro- um, into the rotation, and you can get guys that can get buckets. And even even a guy like Abdul Nader, like a guy that we see in practice every day, just nailing threes. Mm-hmm. And um, he was he had to get some he had to get some early burn uh, a few nights ago against the Knicks, and he showed the the ability to put the ball through the hoop. So. The Thunder have a lot of offensive talent on this team, even though they're known as kind of a poor shooting team. But, yeah, it was a good night for TLC. Um, I thought that that potential and one would have been a huge momentum swing for the Thunder, the way the the game was going. I thought this game was pretty much lost at that 7-0 run to start the fourth quarter. Mm -hmm. We'll get into that. Um, One more quick aside. Uh, Billy Donovan just announced that Jeremy Grant has an ankle injury. Um, He doesn't know much more than that, but – Apparently, Grant told him that he said he'd be fine. So, uh, I guess funeral funeral arrangements will be made for Jeremy Grant, and we will be the first ones to let you know as soon as we find out. <laughs> Dropping like flies, I'm telling <laughs> you, my goodness. Yeah, ankles, ankles and sicknesses. There, the uh, whoever is in charge of the Thunder's immune system needs to uh, please you know, have a, a performance review, to say the least. Oh, gosh. They're going to have to start throwing some of the ball guys out there to play. We're, like, Thunder's going to run out of team players right now. But, uh, you know, I was um, – this is kind of, like, a little off topic, but I'm kind of, like, laughing and hitting myself in the head for this right now because at first when they were like, oh, yeah, Russell Westbrook out for personal reasons, I'm just thinking, well, what is going on? Like, what do you mean personal reasons? Oh, no big deal. He just had twins. Like – Okay, I ne- that never even registered to me. Like, oh yeah, Nina's pregnant. Like she's she's about to pop any day now. Oh, what do you know? <laughs> he did have the twins. Yeah, and of course, I don't want to speculate as to Terrence Ferguson's um, personal reasons for being gone uh, the last two games. But uh, when you and I had a chance to talk to him back in the back in the off season during a Thunder charity event, uh, we we asked him about. Uh, I think that was like the first time anybody in the media was able to ask him about his uh, engagement and right. his uh, fiance being pregnant. And he told us that the baby was due um, at some point during December. And, you know, it's still November, but of course, you know, it's only a week or so away. So right. I don't want to, I don't want to assume that that's the reason for his uh, absence, but you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Alex Brienz get, gets married in the off season. Russell Westbrook has twins. Terrence Ferguson gets engaged. It's this this team is all on the same wavelength. They're either all sick and injured at the same time, or they're all getting married and having kids. <laughs> no, it's funny that you said that though. I was kind of thinking the same thing. Like, oh, uh, Russell Westbrook just had his twins. Maybe that's what's going on with Terrence right now. Like, maybe his his fiance had the baby, or uh, he just wants to be with her while she's getting ready to have the baby. I don't know. So I guess we'll we'll find out about that later. How old Terrence no. is doing? I'll ask you this. Is this a game that the Thunder really missed Terrence Ferguson? No, I, I don't think so. Uh, I, I'm going to have to – I'll have to disagree with you. I, I really think that his defense might have made some type of impact in the, so. uh, 
especially in that first quarter, because as great as Hamadou Diallo was offensively, and he, like, I mean, I just got done saying his defense brought the Thunder back. He was over committing. He was getting way out of position. And uh, Amon Shumpert, I mean, it didn't really matter with Amon Shumpert. Paul George was on him. Hamadou Diallo tried to guard him. Jeremy Grant tried to guard him. And none, none of it really mattered. But the way Ferguson has been defending over the last month, he's just been a kind of a consistent force in terms of not committing dumb fouls, not being out of position a lot of times. I think his defense might have made a little bit of an impact, and even a little bit of an impact. If the, if the Kings score 33 or 34 in the first quarter and not 37, this is a completely different ball game. Antonio Daniels said in uh, the post game that um, you know Sacramento outscores Oklahoma City 37-24 or 25. The second and the third and the fourth quarter, Oklahoma City outscored Sacramento 89-80. So again, this was this was lost in that first quarter run by the Kings, mm-hmm. and in my opinion, the more important run was the 7-0 run for the Kings to start the fourth. But, you know, I, I think the Thunder really missed Terrence Ferguson tonight. Yeah, and I mean, I see your point on that for sure, because if Terrence Ferguson had been out there, and like you said, he's been having some really good defensive looks this season, and he's really contributed on that end of the ball um, depending on who he was kind of matched up with, maybe he could have put a stop to Buddy Heald going off in the fourth quarter. He could have put a stop to, well, just about anything going on in the fourth quarter. Um, I can't even really say this guy's name, so I don't even know if I want to try. Bog- Bog- Boban Bogdanovich. Yeah, that guy, you know. <laughs> Yeah, he was able to get pretty hot from the three there at one point. And, you know, like, yeah, I guess I was kind of thinking of Terrence more on, like, the offensive side. And, you know, I I don't want to say he doesn't contribute because he certainly does, but just, you know, not to the greatest amount. But, yeah, I mean, his defense has really picked up the season. It's been something that people have noted. It's something that Thunder fans have really appreciated, him stepping up, being put into that starting rotation. So, yeah, I I mean, especially since this was just a four-point game there at the end, I think, yeah, that probably would have made more of a difference if Terrence had been out but, there tonight. But even still, you know, Terrence Ferguson's out there. Hamadou Diallo probably doesn't play the full, um, let's see, he Hamadou Diallo gets 22 minutes. That's a round where he gets anyway, but if Terrence is out there, unless Terrence gets in foul trouble, basically I don't I don't think Hamadou's going to have the opportunity to go seven seven for seven. So right. it's a double-edged sword. <laughs> right. Well, speaking of some foul trouble, Russell Westbrook picking up two – fouls like right there to start the game off i think he ended with five total uh he gets in a little little uh what do you want to call it he had a terrible terrible start to the game he had a terrible start to the game and you know some of it might have been rust you know he he did just like you well you just got done talking about he did just watch his wife give birth to twins he probably hasn't even slept yeah and he hasn't played in six games even still, he's you know this season has been really inconsistent for him in terms of him trying to get his feet back under him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but having said that, there was just the Thunder go as Russell Westbrook go. If Russell Westbrook doesn't try to play out of control in the first quarter to try and match the Kings uh, their pace, mm-hmm. I don't know if the Thunder lose this game. And again, I, I'm not trying to put all the blame on Russell, but Russell is the—he is the leader of the team. He's the best player on the team. But there were just one too many possessions of Russell just out of control, trying to get to the rim. There was too many possessions of Russell Westbrook just ball stopping and trying to shoot some three that he has no business shooting. And then you look up at the end of the game, and the Thunder lose by a couple points. And 
there's just a lot of possessions that were left empty out there, and a lot of it has to be attributed to Russ. But, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I want to see Russell Westbrook play, you know, for a month or two to see what type of Russell Westbrook we're going to get because Billy Donovan, even in Russ's absence, has spoken highly about his his picking and choosing of shots. Now, you know, what, what I said about those five wins, yeah, he didn't take that many threes, and there are reasons for that. The reasons being, in those five wins with Russell before tonight, the Thunder didn't really need to start jacking up threes because they, they were playing Phoenix, and uh, that L.A. game in the third quarter, the Thunder came back due to their defense forcing turnovers. There, there just weren't that many opportunities for the Thunder to start jacking up threes. So in these tight ball games where it's kind of a back-and-forth affair, Russell just needs to understand that the Thunder can still score, and it doesn't have to be a three-pointer. You don't have to... You don't have to come back from a 10-point deficit in one play. Mm-hmm. These games are long. Run, like Each team's going to go on their own run or two, and it's going to always come down to the last two minutes of the fourth quarter. And that's just something that the Thunder and Russell are going to have to figure out if they're wanting to um, achieve their goals um, as the season progresses. Yeah, and I really feel like the theme of this game is kind of what Chris and Michael kept saying on TV tonight. It was all about the pace, and I feel like – the Kings set this pace that the Thunder were – I don't want to say desperate to match, but they really did want to match the pace that no, the they, Kings – No, they were desperate they were, to match. Yeah, okay. I mean, so, you're exactly right. <laughs> they were you're pretty exactly desperate. Right. They were desperate to match that pace. And I think I, – I read this tweet. I'm pretty sure it was yours, Brady. And it was saying something – and it's not going to be word for word, sorry. But it was saying something like, you know, the Kings are setting this pace, making a lot of fastball movement, and making a lot of good shots that the Thunder really can't make right now. And so the Thunder are very desperate to match that. So it was a lot of wasted possessions and a lot of just like shots that really shouldn't have been taken at that point. And, you know, it's okay to kind of slow the ball down, especially when you're not you're not at the point where you're running out the shot clock yet. You know, kind of slow it down, pass it around to the guys, make the make the Kings defense work a little bit more before you chunk up a shot and I think there were just a lot of times like what you were just saying that Russ kind of just took it into his own hands and just powered through to the basket. And it, that really just wasn't the right thing to do at that moment. So it, I, I just, yeah, I really kind of agree with what you were saying. Like, you know, just slow it down a little bit. It doesn't have to be so high intensity all the time. And this isn't just pointing fingers at Russ by any means. It's pointing fingers basically at the entire team and the five guys that were out on the floor at the time. But you know, it's it's okay to kind of slow things down. Yes, the Kings are going to have some times where they are able to get down the court real fast and chunk up that corner three that really seemed to be working for them tonight. But, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean the Thunder need to get back to their side real fast and just return that. Because if that's not what's working for the team right now, then just don't. Don't do it. Just keep it in the paint. Look at Steven, you know. I know Patrick had a real – he did not have a good night at all. He was 0-5 from the field, 0-5. From the three-point line. His his first real bad game in about a month. Yeah. So this just, you know, it's it's fine. You know, it just wasn't Pat's night. It happens. It's going to happen, you know, more throughout the season. But Yeah, and, you know, we've, we've buried this team tonight. And it's it's a bad loss because it's it's a loss considering how well the Thunder played in the last 11 games. Right. Um, it's a bad loss in that sense. But it's not the same loss as the, the loss of the Kings a month ago. That was an ex- and it inexcusable loss just the way that it happened. The Kings score 134 points. That was just terrible defense. Tonight was a little different. I mean, the yeah. Kings did get the Kings got hot in the first quarter and that's going to happen every once in a while in the NBA. Teams are going to score near 40 points a quarter about you know, you're going to see that even from a good defensive team like Oklahoma City, you're going to see that about once a month. 
But the Thunder calmed down, and they started shutting guys down like Amon Shumpert. Buddy Heel didn't get hot until the, until the very late in the fourth quarter. The Thunder were able to slow the game down and fight back from a 19-point deficit to take a lead. I mean, their, their biggest lead was only two points, but just the way they were able to fight back, this it's a, it's a bad loss just because you had your chances. Mm-hmm. But it's not a. I don't think it's a bad indictment loss on the Thunder. I think. I mean, they still have a tall task, you know, and on Wednesday playing at Golden State, so they might in this California road trip zero and two. But I still have faith that the Thunder are still a good defensive team. Um, but there are flaws. But that's why a guy like Andre Robertson is so important. Right. Absolutely. And I think a lot can change in a short amount of time. You know, whenever. Dre's able to come back to the court whenever uh, Nerlens gets healed, Alex gets healed, uh, Russ feels 100% coming off that ankle and maybe gets a little sleep from the Twins. And, you know, we, you know they're going to get Terrence back soon. So I think there's a lot. Well, a also, lot somebody, needs to, somebody needs to put a body on Marvin Bagley. That dude was all over the <laughs> Like, he, he had 13 rebounds. Let's see. He had 13 rebounds and uh, 15 points. It seemed like he extended three or four more possessions just by tipping the ball back to a Kings player. Guy was all over the floor, and the Thunder didn't really have a good answer for him. Jeremy Grant on Marvin Bagley was not a good matchup for the Thunder. Probably not, no. Probably not. But Questions, Madison. Yeah, with that, let's get to some questions. We have questions tonight. So uh, we'll start with Mr. Scott Smith on Twitter. He is at SS... What? I don't even know. Yes. Me the me the okay that's a I know I don't know but hey Scott yeah. thanks for listening and tweeting at us uh, first question says do you think the Thunder should trade Westbrook <laughs> here we sure. go <laughs> <laughs> sure uh, well I think the I think the city might burn down if that happens Scott to be totally honest but uh, <laughs> a more insightful answer may come he- from Brady. <laughs> I think he also he might have asked that question on accident or something because he asked another question and he said what midseason what midseason actions should the Thunder take being that they have the highest payroll in the league. That's probably a better uh, question right now. Yeah, I mean a lot of this is going to like the Thunder obviously are going to have their their chance to on in theory see their roster at full health if Andre Robertson is able to come back in December or January. I think Presti will then make his decisions going forward after that because the Thunder do have a plethora of very talented wings, uh, young talented wings and uh, guards. But, um, you know, it's simple. This team struggles with shooting, and if Abrinas isn't out there, then the Thunder are basically hoping that guys like Diallo hit shots. They're hoping guys like uh, TLC, if he even gets time hitting shots, Terrence Ferguson. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's that's kind of the easy – you know, low-bearing fruit answer, I guess, is defined shooting. But even still, I like this team as it's constructed, and I think that they have the, the capability of playing good team basketball as they're constructed. So I think, you know, adding a guy like, let's, let's just throw a name out there, like Courtney Lee from the Knicks, that would have the potential of ruining this good chemistry that the team has as a total team defense. Mm. So it's going to be something that Presti's certainly going to toy with, but Unless there's some dynamite deal out there that's for sure not just on paper improves the team, but improves the team on the floor, then go for it. If not, just run with what you got. 
Right. And I, I really do think I might be completely wrong saying this, but I really do think this Thunder team is still kind of like at the final stages of figuring out what's really working for them. And I think they've kind of got a pretty good idea throwing some of these guys out there. And Billy's starting to trust these guys more. I think these guys are even starting to trust each other a little bit more. They're finding good chemistry. And, you know, there, there are going to be those misreads. Like a couple times Dennis missed a read to Steven tonight. And, you know, stuff like that's just going to happen. But I don't think that immediately calls for like a roster change up or anything crazy like that. This, this team still needs a month of Russell Westbrook. Right, you know, because he 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 plays for seven games and gets hurt and then misses six, so it's been really consistent. This team needs about a month of Russell Westbrook to to fully to have a full grasp on how this roster can be tweaked with or improved or what rotations work, what rotations don't work. So that you know, ten and six, even with that qualifier, you know, you you got to like where you're at if you're a Thunder fan. Right, and moving on a little bit. Um... I'm going to come back to this one down here, but let's go to our trusty intern, Brayden, because we're kind of on this topic. Uh, how many picks could the Thunder get in a trade involving Russell Westbrook? Well, if Tom Thibodeau was the uh, GM, he would ask for <laughs> three or four first-round picks and then end up with um, a second-round pick, um, <laughs> Robert Covington <laughs> and Dario Saric. So um, Russell Westbrook is a... I don't even want to entertain this. I don't even want to entertain this question. Yeah. Braden, come on, be better. Braden, I don't. Yeah, we're just going to go ahead and move on from that. Braden, thanks for listening, though. Uh, so the Rough Riders, yeah, the Rough Writers at OU Updated SB asks, why should I even care for OKC right now? Why should you care for Oklahoma City right now? I well, they're ten and they're ten and six. They've won ten out of their last twelve games. Right. Um, they've shown they are the second or third best team in the league per defensive rating. Uh, they are a top 10 offense. And all this is coming from a team that is a terrible three-point shooting team. And they've done it off of things that we've been talking about um, all season. They've been doing it in ways that are sustainable. They're getting their points off of turnovers. Their defense is forcing a lot of turnovers. They're averaging around 12 steals a game. Tonight they only had eight. Um but because they're so athletic and so talented and able to play in that style of and play in that style of basketball, they're able to manufacture a lot of points. Um, I mean, that's why you should be excited for this team. I mean, we still live in the Golden State era world, right? And um, I know the, the Warriors are going through some turmoil turmoil right now, but they're still going to sleepwalk their way till to a third consecutive title. So. You can be excited for the Thunder just because they're a competitive team and they're going to be one of the top four or five teams in the West, which kind of puts them towards the top of the league because the West is so tough. But, um, I mean, tonight's a disappointing loss. I get it. But really nothing to sneeze at. The Kings have talent. They're 9-8, and eight and mm-hmm. they are, they're not the Kings of old. Right. They're not, they're not a, I don't think they're a playoff team just yet, but they're definitely a team that you cannot take, you cannot take for granted. And, the Thunder kind of took them for granted for the first nine, ten minutes of the game, and it kind of bit them in the bit them in the behind the rest of the way. Right, and I agree with everything that you're saying. And you know, the Thunder—they have two All Stars on there right now. They have a lot of young talent coming up for them. Uh, you know, Hamadou Diallo is going to be pretty exceptional for them, I would say, this year. You know. It's still young in the season. We can't speculate too much. And, of course, Terrence Ferguson gets better and when, well, when he's here. But, you know, it, it's, 
it's still so young in the season, and I I really do think that this Thunder team is really going to surprise a lot of people as they go on. Yeah, they're going to lose some games they shouldn't lose like tonight, but you know they're also going to win some games that are going to bring a lot of excitement. They bring good energy to the court. Uh, Russell Westbrook is <laughs> you know going to snarl his nose at a couple of things here and there, but he's an exciting player to watch. So. Yeah, for sure. I definitely think there should be some excitement for this team. And let's finish it out with Chisholm Holland. I think he's kind of important. He, uh, We know him <laughs> from here and he's there. He's been on the pod a few times. Ah, uh, yes. Thought, I thought that name sounded familiar. But he wants us to please explain to everyone why the Thunder won't trade for Bradley Beal so I can just replay your answer every time I get asked. Apparently he gets asked about this a lot. Um... Well, money is going to play a big part in this. The Thunder would have to pretty much move mountains in order to make that happen, um, which, of course, is possible. I mean, Sam Presti is a GM where he's been in situations like you can't move Serge Ibaka's contract or Victor Oladipo's contract is so terrible, you're never going to be able to trade that. He's been in all these situations. You're never going to get rid of Carmelo Anthony. You're going to have to end up paying all that dead money to him one way or another. Presti has shown time and time again that if you say that he can't do something, he's able to make a move and prove you wrong. So, you know, money should never be, like, the reason why X, Y, or Z can't happen for the Thunder. But it is a big kind of a a red flag in terms of maybe the Thunder won't pursue it. But then also, I like Bradley Beal as a basketball player, but he just doesn't strike me as a guy the Thunder would want to pursue. I mean, the Thunder have slowly gotten gotten away from kind of their we're looking for Thunder guys, whatever you whatever you think that that is. <laughs> they used to just only look for those type of basketball players. Right. And they've kind of gotten away from it, and the big thing is Carmelo Anthony. Carmelo Anthony is not a Thunder player, according to how the Thunder would describe that four, five, six years ago. So right. they are kind of growing away from that kind of old mentality. But, I mean, Bradley Beal is a part of an incredibly volatile situation that he is very much, you know, at fault for. You know, it's not only his fault, but he's, he's, he's at fault for it. And I don't know if you want to bring in a third, a third scorer who would demand the ball after the Thunder tried something like that last year and it didn't work out. So, you know, I, I, like, what this, I like what this team is doing. And unless Washington just wants to say, um, give us Terrence Ferguson and a second-round pick for Brad- Bradley Beal. If that stupid trade is asked, then sure, pull the trigger. But that's right. probably not going to happen. <laughs> Gosh, no telling, right? But, yeah. no, I, I agree. I think, you know, right now this Thunder team is doing well how they are. And if a guy's not going to come on and bring good chemistry to this team, don't, don't really entertain the thought too much. Don't get too excited about something unless it's completely attainable. But really, really quick. Madison, uh, one other person, I guess just he just added me. He didn't add you, so I don't think it's in your mentions. But, oh, okay. Uh, um, it's uh, Donnie Hazelwood at DN4STY. Hi, so Donnie. Nasty. <laughs> oh. He asked, help me understand that lineup to start the fourth quarter. And I actually didn't see the fourth quarter to begin. I was trying to run and do some laundry. Um, so I asked him, and he said that it was Dennis Schroeder, Deontay Burton, Timothy Luau Cabrero, Patrick Patterson, and Jeremy Grant. And, you know, about three minutes into the into the fourth quarter is when Billy just said, screw it, and he put Russell and Paul back in the game. Yeah. <laughs> it was that 7-0 run that I felt pretty much lost the game for the Thunder because then it started the, the back-and-forth kind of quick-pace seesaw that kind of mirrored the beginning of the game. 
where the Kings would just get out really quickly and the Thunder would be trailing and not defending corner threes and Buddy Heald started getting hot. Um, of course, the Thunder were able to kind of close the gap, and I think they got it down to within two or three after that TLC potential and one layup. Mm-hmm. But the 7-0 run was pretty was pretty bad. And, yeah, you just look at look at who's on the floor. Um, Dennis Schroeder, not a very good defender. Deontay Burton, a rookie, um, is not going to play most nights, but because everybody is sick and injured, he got some burn tonight. Uh, TLC, not a good defender. Patrick Patterson, like we said, his worst game in the last month. And Jeremy Grant at the five against Marvin Bagley was not a good idea the yeah. entire evening. So, yeah, I can see how that 7-0 um, run started. Right. And, yeah, that the Thunder are kind of forced. They are shorthanded, and they were forced to kind of play a lineup like that. So I mean, that's going to happen. And it, it's only going to do good for the Thunder you know, and I'll, I'll jump on the optimistic side of this. It's only going, going to do well for the Thunder to play this deep into the rotation. Guys like TLC and Deontay Burton getting this type of burn and meaningful and meaningful basketball games, it's only going to do them good. So um, I guess that's the one way you can look at it. Maybe in two, two months from now, Deontay Burton doesn't get beat around a screen so easily. Maybe TLC shows a little bit more defensive hustle. So that's how you got to look at it, I guess. Right. No, I like that. But I guess we'll uh, go ahead and wrap it up for the night. You guys get to hear our beautiful voices in two days. So I think you've heard enough for tonight. What do you say, Brady? Yeah, probably. All right. Well, the Thunder lose this one. Sacramento takes the win at 117-113, to snapping that Oklahoma City winning streak. The Sacramento Kings are now 9-8 and of the season, 5-3 and on their home court. And the Oklahoma City Thunder fall to 10-6 and in the season, 4-4 four and four on the way. The Thunder will be in Oakland on Wednesday night, the day before Thanksgiving, taking on the reigning champs of the Golden State Warriors. No Steph Curry, right? No Steph Curry. Um, I guess Draymond Green. Did he play tonight? I, I I don't know if Draymond is going to be available. He he might have already played, but I know he was out the other night against uh, San Antonio when the Spurs beat the Warriors. But Warriors are not playing good basketball. Steph Curry being out plays into that a lot. The Thunder do have their chance um, to steal a win on the road against their hated foe, Golden State. So, right. Um, it's, it's going to be a good opportunity to see how this team rebounds after kind of a chippy, emotional loss to Sacramento where guys got technical fouls, guys are getting chippy, Russell mm-hmm. Westbrook kind of lost his temper, you know, both on the floor and off the, and, you know, off the floor kind of with that technical. So right. um, it's going to be interesting to see what type of Thunder team comes to play. Is it the smart, efficient team that relies on their defense and their offensive system? Or is it going to be the team that tries to basically score all the points on one big dagger three or one huge, you know, drive to the rim to try and hammer down a big slam dunk? So that's going to be interesting to see. That is going to be interesting, especially the Warriors lost to Dallas the other night. And I'm looking at this now. uh, The Memphis Grizzlies beat the Mavericks tonight, 98 to 88. The Memphis Grizzlies are the most surprising team in the NBA. And if you haven't (laughs) had a chance to watch them, watch them now i don't know how sustainable this is you know this might be a kind of a case of a favorable schedule for them and who knows what happens when injuries happen when attrition happens when schedules get tougher but um they are quietly 10 and 6 or 11 and 6 right now cannot remember but yeah shout out to memphis for not shout out All right. Well, that's going to wrap it up for us tonight. Thank you guys for your questions. Thank you guys for being involved in our OKC82 podcast. It makes it that much better. And we will be back 
in action when the Thunder are back in action on Wednesday night. So stay tuned for all of that, and we'll be happy to uh, talk your ears off after the game. And, of course, stay sexy, everybody. <laughs>